Yes, I used to have really long hair and ride motorcycle. And the reason I grew my hair was, you know, I would go riding with some motorcycle club and they all looked so tough. You know, they all had long hair, tattoos and everything, you know, rings everywhere. And, and so that's why I grew my hair. So I, peer pressure, <laughs> I wanted to feel the law. But yes, uh, uh, for today's sermon is 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. Okay. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. Here's the word of God. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, uh, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. And God's God's people said, Here in this passage, Apostle Paul's focus was not human wisdom, human power, but Holy Spirit power. You know, Paul uh, is saying to the church, current church, you know, I didn't come here to impress you, you to show you how great I am, to show you how gifted I am, to show you all my learnings and knowledge. It is not me that you need to encounter. Instead, What Apostle Paul was saying to the Korean church, you need to encounter the Holy Spirit power. You know, a few months ago, uh, I was doing a retreat, and uh, this lady came up to me, and she said she met me uh, 10 years ago at another retreat. And she, she, you know, 10 years ago, she was a runner, and she had a knee issue that prevented her from running. And I prayed for her for healing, and she was immediately healed. That's what she shared. And as she was sharing, she said, you know, this is what she said. You healed me, you know. Uh, uh, when you prayed for me, you healed me. And, and I know, I, 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 I know she, she knew that it was God that healed her, but I, was try, I wasn't trying to be mean, but I reminded her, uh, no, not me, okay? not my prayer. God healed you, okay? God healed you. And the reason I mention this is because I've been in ministry for many years, but it took a long time to get to that place, okay? It took a lot of growing up, a lot of humbling, a lot of trials, a lot of correction, a lot of training, and especially an uh, encounter with God. But, you know, I'm 57, I know I look 40, (laughs) people are laughing, (laughs) you know, I'm 57 years old, you know, and it took a long time, but I could honestly say now at 57 years old, I have no desire to show how great I am, I have no desire, I have no desire to show how gifted I am, I have no desire to show how smart I am, because I'm not, (laughs) And at this stage of my life, I, I, I want to show everyone 
how great God is. It is God who is great. He is awesome. He is powerful. It is God who forgives, who redeems, who justifies, who transforms. God is the one who heals. God is the one who delivers you. God is the one who saves you. You know, today, I want to talk about how to position ourselves in the church uh, to, to, you know, how to position ourselves so that the Holy Spirit power could move in us. Okay? Point number one, not about impressing people. Okay? It's not about impressing people. And that's how Apostle Paul came to the Corinthian church. He says, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom. But if you study the book of Acts, and if you study the epistles, Paul's, especially Apostle Paul's epistles, you see that Paul had great teaching abilities. Okay? He had great teaching abilities. He had deep biblical insight. Most of the New Testament was written by Apostle Paul. He had tremendous leadership skills. Through him, God planted hundreds and hundreds of churches. He had unshakable faith and courage. He understood spiritual gift more than anyone. And God used Paul, Apostle Paul, to heal and do many, many, many miracles. But when Paul came to the Corinth church, I believe he purposely became unimpressive. He purposely became unimpressive. Paul came in weakness, he says, with great fear and trembling. And his preaching wasn't persuasive. I believe when Paul came to the Corinth church, Paul did not want to stand out. And the church was not that impressed with Paul. (laughs) Maybe they were even disappointed because they heard so much about Apostle Paul. When they finally met him, he's not that impressive. But that was the problem with the church. That was the problem with current church. The current church was impressed with people. You know, if you look at first, you know, Corinthians chapter 12, if you look at that chapter, the church, Corinth church was impressed with giftings. They were so impressed with giftings. If someone had great teaching gifting, they were impressed with that person. If someone could do miracle, they became celebrities in that church. If someone had powerful prophetic gift, they applauded this person. Okay? They followed this person. And problem in the church is because, you know, they, because they were impressed with certain people with certain gifts, Apostle Paul said, it's dividing the church. Right? It's dividing the church. Members of current church thought certain gifts were more worthy and other gifts was unworthy. You know, you know a member will come, I can't speak in tongue. So I am more special than you. But not just division, but there was fleshness. There was flesh. 
that came into the church. Some were, you know, using their gift for their own glory, using their gift as a platform for themselves, using their gift so that other people will applaud them. And Paul rebukes the church. He says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Apostle Paul rebukes the Korean church. Everyone in the church has different gifts. Every gift is important. Every member is important in the church. Say to your neighbor, you are important. <laughs> and, uh, and as you know, as Pastor Ulysses uh, preached to chapter one, the church was divided by groups who were impressed with different people. You know, some people in the church would say, I follow Paul. I follow Apollos. I follow Cephas. Cephas. And Paul is pretty much saying to the church, I don't want any part of this. I really don't care if I impress you or not. Paul was rebuking the Corinth church. I don't want to focus on human wisdom, human accomplishment, human position, or human standard. I want to focus on God's power. Not what you can do, not what I can do, what God can do. And and here's the thing. If you desire to impress people, you're not relying on the power of the Holy Spirit. If the church is impressed by people and not God's power, the focus is on people and not God. And this is dangerous because If you're focused on people and you're impressed with each other, you're impressed with yourself, and other people become celebrities, it is easy for the devil to stop you. The The enemy needs to do is just stir up just one person who do not like you, and you will hesitate. One criticism, and you will start doubting. One incident where you look foolish, you'll stop believing. One embarrassing situation, and you will quit. When you focus on people, impressing people. Enemy enemy will use that criticism, someone being disappointed in you, someone not liking you to discourage you from God's will, to make you lose faith in God's purpose, to stop you from doing God's will. You know, Paul encourages us not to look at self or others, but be impressed with God. Okay, say to your neighbor, I'm impressed with God. Right? We should be, right? Because problem with sin, okay? Shame and condemnation and guilt. God has a solution. God forgives, God cleanses, God redeems, God transforms. What about our past pain, rejection, neglect, and abuse? God heals and God restores. With spiritual attack, 
God sets us free. He strengthens us. And in Christ, we are more than conquerors. With our purpose in life, God gives us spiritual gifts, calling, and a destiny. When you study the Bible, God doesn't say that you, there's no condemnation anymore. Read what the Bible says. In Christ, there's no more condemnation. The Bible doesn't say you can do all things. Read the Bible, study the Bible. It says, no, the Bible says in Christ, you can do all things. In Christ, you are believing in Christ who is greater than you. God who gives you eternal life. God who paid the penalty for your sin. Who forgives and redeems. Who cares for you and loves you. You you are not defined by your gifting, position in the church, or people's applause. You as a Christian is defined by Christ. So uh, point number two. Holy Spirit power is about transformation, okay? Holy Spirit power is about transformation. You know, uh, uh, um, people talk about Pentecost when, you know, and when they talk about the Pentecost in the book of Acts, they focus on the manifestation. The Holy Spirit came upon the disciples in the upper room and, and they spoke in tongues, okay? And I don't want to focus on the manifestation, you know. The manifestation was disciples spoken tongues. Some, when they talk about the work of the Holy Spirit, they focus on the manifestation. Some people shake, okay. Some people fall, you know. Some people, you know, roar like lion, okay. Some people laugh. Instead, I want to focus on what happened after the manifestation. There was this great transformation after Pentecost. The new church loved one another. They devoted themselves to the word of God and prayer. Instead of selfishness, they were so generous that no one had needs. They broke bread together daily. They loved their neighbors. Others saw the change in their lives, and daily people came to the Lord. The Holy Spirit came upon the disciples, and there was a great transformation. Um, I had a very powerful encounter with God 15, 16 years ago. You know, my wife saw that I was kind of, you know, uh, 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 depressed, I guess. And she signed me up for a conference in uh, Pennsylvania. And I didn't know who they were, uh, but it was a, a, a charismatic conference. And uh, a charismatic leader, Randy Clark and Bill Johnson, was doing this conference. And, uh, and I went up for ministry, and Randy Clark put his hand on me. Right? And okay, I don't... I, I was just, I start to go like this. <laughs> I was going like this. I go, ah, he just kept his hand on me. Ah. And I'm going, what's going on? What's going on? And so he goes, okay, God, stop. This is ridiculous. Everybody's looking at me. And my wife and my church members that was at that meeting, they said, I start going like this. 
what? And I go, I go, God, God, this is this is embarrassing. Please stop. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but I, I, this is very scary. You know, uh, is it, it was, is it you, God? <laughs> you know what's going on? And and it went on for a little while, and next thing I know, I fell to the ground, and I couldn't get up. I couldn't get up. I got, okay, God, you know, (laughs) this is really, like, embarrassing. This is really embarrassing. I couldn't get up. And the meeting's going on. You know, I don't know how long it took. Next thing I know, my wife, we got to go home, dear. (laughs) I got to go home. I go, I got to go home. So she called a couple of my church members to pick me up. Okay. They carried me to the car, threw me in the car, and my wife, you know, drove me us home. Right? I, I go, what was that? God, I was, God, what was that? Right? And then a few months later, uh, a few months later, um, I went to Mozambique because we, our church sent out two missionaries to Mozambique. Uh, and I didn't know this ministry. It was called Irish Ministry. Okay, Irish ministry. It was a, uh, they had orphanages there that ministered to the orphans. And I get there, and there was a service with Mozambicans and Mozambican pastors, right? And, and, and after the sermon, there was ministry time. And three Mozambican pastors laid their hand on me. Right? Next thing I know, <laughs> oh, God, God, stop, not again. So you have to stop. This is, this is not good. This is not, I don't, you know, I don't understand this. And then I fall to the ground again, and I couldn't get up. They picked me up. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. Yeah. And then another meeting, you know, two orphans, okay, little kids. And it was another meeting, and we're all praying for each other. They lay their hands up. <laughs> Fall to the ground. I couldn't get up again. They carried me back to my room. But at that time, God, okay, you're trying to, you're doing something. Like, I don't understand it. This is embarrassing, but whatever you want to do. Okay. Third time in Mozambique, and it was a, a, a Christian leader. Her name was Heidi Baker. Okay, Heidi Baker. And she lays her hands on me. Ah! <laughs> you know? Again, and, but this time, ah, I'm on the ground shaking, you know. And I go, God, you know, God, you know, whatever you want to do, <laughs> okay. You can do anything you want because you are God, right? And, uh, uh, but what happened after that is, again, I wasn't focusing on the manifestation. I was embarrassed. That's why I focused on it at that time. And it was not about me wanting or, you know, people carrying me out. (laughs) There was a transformation that happened. See, I was very discouraged about world missions at that time. I saw the worst thing that you could see for like 10, 15 years about world mission. I saw many unethical leaders, unethical, I met a lot of unethical missionaries. Like for just one example I'll give you. The reason I got so excited about going to Kenya, I was at this mission conference, and one of the main speakers made me cry about mission. Yeah, and I remember, I give everything to you, God, for Kenya. <laughs> you know, for Kenya. And I went to Kenya. And 
I worked with that missionary. He had the biggest house in the whole city. He had many servants that he calls them. And he was so mean to the people there. Broke my heart. It just broke my heart. You know. And uh, so, but after something happened. Okay? There was a transformation that happened to me. There was a restoration and renewal and excitement for missions again for me. You know, and uh, when I, and there was other, some other change that happened. I came back to the United States and uh, at Rutgers University, there was an Indian Christian fellowship that asked me to do, you know, come and speak on a Thursday night. And there was about 20 students. I gave a short message, about a 20-minute message. And I said, I want to minister to you. There was about 20 students. They stood, I want you to stand. I want to just pray for you. I went to the first person. I, you know, put my hand on the shoulder, you know. And I'm, I close my eye, and I pray. And I look. I don't see that person. <laughs> I look. It's on the floor. <laughs> uh, uh, I go, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? I go to the second person. I pray, falls down. And I, I bought my youth pastor, right, to help me minister. And we're looking at each other. And we're on the same wavelength. Wave this is dangerous. They could hit their head, <laughs> you know? And so the youth pastor comes to the third person, stays in the back, right? I pray, falls. Five. I pray for everybody. They're all on the ground. I, first time that ever happened. They're all on the ground. They're not getting up. <laughs> They're not getting up. And I'm looking at the you pastor. I go, what do you do? I, I don't know. <laughs> They're not getting up. And so I said, I, I really believe this is the Holy Spirit. He knows you better than I know. You know, you know yourself. He's doing something. Just allow the Holy Spirit to keep moving in your heart. That's what I said. I hope they hear me, right? And then we left. <laughs> we left. I don't know what to do. Right? Yeah. And, and, and next week, though, Tuesday, right, uh, the leader calls me. And, you know, I don't know what happened. But... Uh, the, the fellowship is so excited. We got together again. And, and, and they all agreed that we should get together every day and pray. I go, wow, praise God. Praise God. Right? And, and during that season, um, uh, yeah, people start falling when I minister to them. Some people start shaking. Some people got gift of tongue. One time I was praying for this lady. She, uh, she flew back like five feet and crashed into all the chairs. I go, I'm going to get sued. <laughs> you know, that's what I thought. You know, and, and the doc, there was a, you know, the, the doc, some of the doc, one doctor came and checked. She, oh, she's okay, she's okay, right? Another uh, youth retreat, I pray for this girl and she gets slain, she falls, and she doesn't get up. Retreat's over, she doesn't get up. They take her, they had to carry her back home. And I went back home. The youth pastor calls me next day. The parents is really mad because she can't get up. What did you do? <laughs> what did I do? 
know, and, and like it, she she couldn't get up for two days, two days, right? And during that time, there was a lot. There was supernatural healing. Saw revival in people, new salvation. But I was excited because there was transformation. There was transformation. But after several years, you know, it was kind of gradual. The focus changed from God's power, and people started to focus on me and not God. And people started to focus on manifestation and not God. People wanted prayer from me because they wanted to fall, <laughs> you know, they, you know, or or they didn't want prayer from me from me because they didn't want to fall. <laughs> but after several years, it was a dangerous point in my spiritual journey. It was a dangerous point in my spiritual journey. At that during that time, my mom was at a meeting that I was ministering, and guess what? People start falling. Okay. And my mom, after the meeting, this is what she said to me. Sam, you need to do this in the Korean church, right? You need to do this in the Korean church. You will be famous. <laughs> That's what she's talking <laughs> You'll be so famous in the Korean church. Okay? Just go to the Korean church. Just lay your hand like you did and they fall. You'll be famous, right? <laughs> That's what my mom said. Uh-huh. And at that time, I felt like I could have gone the wrong way. You know, make people be impressed with me. And I struggled. I really struggled. And at the same time, I was kind of getting tired of the focus on manifestation, people falling. You know? So there was a, one day, I don't remember exact what day it was. I know I prayed this prayer. I asked God to take it away from me. And he did. <laughs> he did. I go, oh, oh, he did. <laughs> I didn't realize it at first, but you know, I would pray for people like I always did. No, you know, nobody's falling. Ain't nobody's falling. And uh, 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 and I was okay with it. Okay? I'm being honest. I didn't try to hold on to it. See. You know, I, when I uh, was in the charismatic circle, you know, there would be ministers, and you'll see kind of God pull back on their gifting certain season. And I saw many try to force things to happen then. Use a lot of hype and emotionalism and even manipulate. And I wasn't going to do that. So it didn't happen anymore. And I was okay with it. And it's been like three to four years. Like some of you know, you know, like three years ago, <laughs> before that, right, I was known as the, yeah, <laughs> you pray, you fall. <laughs> you pray, you fall. But it's been like three to four years that it didn't happen. And I am okay with it. I'm okay with it. Because my identity is not in my gifting. My identity is in Christ. 
is in Jesus Christ. And just to share with you, but a few months ago, uh, God's been stirring within me again. And I know this is God. It's not coincidence. Uh, I've been to different cities in the last, you know, uh, I don't know, six months, you know, ministering. And everywhere I went, somebody came up to me in different parts of the United States. They will say, years ago, God used you and you ministered to me. And they always added this. You know, I didn't, you know, it's, it's just, they always, and God changed my life. God changed my life. You know, and just a few months ago, even in our church, uh, there was a, a couple, a family that just started coming to our church a year ago. And just a couple months ago, he shared. His name is Peter, Pastor Sam. You know, uh, uh, you know, you came to my church like 10 years ago again. You know, I don't know, 15 years ago. And, and uh, I... I was on the fence about Jesus. I wasn't that dedicated. I wasn't that committed. But I was really attracted to this woman in the church, right? And I asked her out, and she said, you know, uh, you're, not, you're not dedicated. You're not committed to Jesus. And because of that, I didn't tell her. But, and I, and, but I went to this retreat. You were there. You prayed for me, and the Holy Spirit touched me, and that changed my life. I didn't even care about the relationship. I cared about Jesus. And she, then she wants to marry me. <laughs> and they got married. And this is what he shared with me. It changed my life. Right? And I don't see it as coincidence. So I felt like God was asking me to hunger again for the work of the Holy Spirit, for the Spirit's power. So last few months I've been praying, you know, hungering again. To see the Holy Spirit power. But this season is different. I'm not impressed with human wisdom. I'm not impressed by, with myself. <laughs> I want to see God's power. I am so impressed with God. I am impressed with God. See, when God truly touches you with his power... You know, you could be shaking and you could fall, but if there's no transformation in your life, it's not the Holy Spirit. Okay? It's not the Holy Spirit. You know, some charismatic focus on the manifestation of the gift of tongue as being baptized by the Holy Spirit. How do you know if the gift of tongue is fake from the Holy Spirit or from the devil? Okay? It's very hard to discern right? that manifestation of the gift of the tongue. I remember one time when I was in Cambodia, this guy was speaking in tongue, and every see it, it didn't take much to discern. Everybody knew it was demonic. <laughs> everybody knew. They go, they, we looked at that's demonic. I know that's demonic because when this guy, it was it was so eerie that tongue, scary, and you felt. Coldness come as he's speaking in tongue. You know, that was very clear. You didn't need much discernment to discern that it was demonic. Okay? But usually it's very hard to discern if it's real or if it's from the flesh, right? To give the tongue. And I remember one meeting, you know, 
He said, oh, God wants everybody to have the gift of tongue. And this is how he did it. He would go to somebody. He says, okay, God's going to give you the gift of tongue. Say hallelujah. I was watching this. I was, you know, the guy go, the person that he's ministering to go, hallelujah. Say it fast again. Hallelujah. Say it faster. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it again, 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 faster. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You got to give the tongue. <laughs> huh? That's how you do it. That's not the Holy Spirit. Okay? That's not the Holy Spirit. Okay. Uh, many years ago, there was a famous uh, missionary to China. I went to that meeting. And... Uh, and, and there was a ministry time, so there was, you know, a lot of people who went up, and I went up to get ministered to, and, you know, people were falling, right? I go, oh, okay, God, whatever you want to do. Uh, and this missionary, you know, uh, put her hand on my head, and she pushed me. <laughs> Almost uh, broke my neck <laughs> so hard. I fall, right? <laughs> I fall, I'm on the ground, right? I go, she pushed me. <laughs> I'm on the go. I'm talking to the next guy on the floor, right? I, I just asked him, did she push you? <laughs> yeah? She goes, yeah, he, she pushed me too. And I'm on the ground. And I'm talking to this guy on the ground together. In the mind. Do we stand here? <laughs> do we get up? What do we do? All right? And I go, that's not the Holy Spirit. Okay. That's not the Holy Spirit. How do you know if the gift of tongue is from human wisdom or spirit's power? You look at your life. Okay. You look at your life. If there's no change, you know, you're continuously being selfish. There's no spiritual maturity. You're not, you're not going as a disciple. There's no love, no joy. The t- gift of tongue is not supernatural work of the Holy Spirit if no transformation. The tongue is from the flesh and not from God. Did you guys hear that? Right. See, when you are touched okay, by the Holy Spirit, I don't know, a lot of people focus on people falling or shaking or laughing, but I've seen so many when they're touched by the Holy Spirit and the manifestation is they cry. That's the Holy Spirit too. Okay, They cry. Some, they just feel joy. Some, they feel something lift off. Yes, some shake, some fall. But some, you can't even tell because it's some deep work that the Holy Spirit is doing. It's this, what I call, quiet conviction, quiet work that the Holy Spirit is doing. But there's transformation after that. There's change. There's a revelation. But for those, see, for those whose heart is soft and open to the Holy Spirit, okay, there's more joy, more love, more generosity. You manifest greater freedom. You grow more spiritually mature. There are those who seek manifestation without transformation. That's not from God. It's fleshly. When God touches you, there is transformation. Amen? Number three, Holy Spirit power is about connection. Okay? Connection. 
uh, it took me such a long time to understand this passage because, again, I was so performance-based uh, 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 Christianity. You know, in Mark chapter 9, there was the disciple was trying to deliver a boy from demon possession. And they couldn't do it. The disciples of Jesus couldn't do it. And so Jesus, though, comes and easily sets the boy free. And the disciple came to Jesus and asked, why could we not drive it out? Okay? Which we've been doing for hours and nothing happened. Why could we not drive out this demon from this boy? And the Lord says, this kind cannot be driven out except by prayer and fasting. Okay? Prayer and fasting. The disciple did not understand what Jesus was talking about. When Jesus said that, the disciples were thinking, oh, okay, it was a call to perform. Okay, it was a call to try harder. It was called to, okay, what do you mean, Jesus? You know, do I do water fast? Is it like, can I eat vegetable? <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, how many days do I need to fast? Is, do, do I need to fast, one, uh, pray for one hour a day, 30 minutes a day? What do you mean, Jesus? Okay? It, but what Jesus was talking about is not a performance. Because what is a performance? You're trying to impress people. It's about human effort, human wisdom again. When Jesus said, Prayer and fasting, he was just, it was very simple. What he meant is, you need to connect with God. <laughs> That's it. Okay? A great passage on prayer is, is uh, uh, John 15. You are the branch, and God is the vine. If you're not connected, you can't do nothing. Okay? What Jesus was saying Fasting and prayer is not a performance. It's a relationship. It's a relationship. A call to love the Lord your God. Jesus was telling his disciple, you will have power when you're connected with God. When you're connected with God. If you love God, you know, again, in Galatians chapter 5, God's power is manifested you know, uh, 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 in you, and you bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit. There's more love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's transformation in your heart. But if you could continue, but if you look at that chapter, but if you're impressed by people, if you're impressed with self and others, in you know, Galatians chapter five, verse nineteen to twenty-one talks about the fruit of the flesh. Okay? Fruit of the flesh. And it describes it. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, faction, envy, drunkenness, orgy. If you're impressed by human wisdom, Or if you're impressed by God, how do we know? By your fruits. Okay, by your fruits. As a church, 
my challenge to you, renewal, let go of the pride, die to your flesh, reject the lies. Let go of the desire for recognition. Let go of the selfishness, the self-righteousness, the self-effort. If you want the power of the Holy Spirit, you cannot desire worldly riches, fame, and worldly pleasure. If you want and desire transformation, you have to want and desire connection with God. So I leave you with Luke chapter 10, verse 27. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And God's people said, Amen. Okay, worship team. You know, whatever camp that you're in, either charismatic or conservative or reform or Baptist, you know, if you're impressed and focus on a person, you will abuse every spiritual gift. It's not the, just a prophetic miracles and gift of tongue, but leadership. I see people abuse the gift of leadership because they control and manipulate people. Gift of intercession. I see people abuse it. They gossip. Administration, gift of administration. You know, I tell my administrator, you got the gift of administration, but stop trying to control everything. (laughs) That's abusive. Everything has to be your way. Let it go. The devil had the gift of worship. You know, he was a worshiper. But instead of using that gift to point to God, he wanted to be God. And he fell from heaven. why we need to follow this word. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. If you do this, wow, we knew it would be such a powerful church. This church will be a light upon a hill that the whole city could see. Bible says about you the gates of hell will not overcome you instead of the devil coming into your church devil coming into your family your home 
devil coming into your heart to steal, destroy, kill, and lie? You're going to be that church that God wants you to be. You're going to go into the darkest place in this world. And Jesus says about you, the gates of hell. You're going to go into the territory of the enemy instead of the other way around. Instead of playing defensive, you're going to play the offensive. You're going to get to the gates of hell. And the gates of hell will not overcome you. Let's worship the Lord.